welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 470 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you, Sean? <laughs> uh, I'm about to be honest. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'll be, before you say any more, so it's been about a month since we last put one out. And I think we actually recorded that one about five or six weeks ago. Yeah. So Sean's been in hospital. I think we actually we did record the last two from you were in hospital. And yeah. I think you might have alluded to it or you, there might have been people coming around to check your blood or something like that halfway yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, do you want to tell your story because you're uh, you're home now? But it's been quite a quite. A... It's been an interesting journey. Yeah. Yeah. What what happened was, uh, I thought that it was just completely long COVID, because uh, I was uh, had all those kind of symptoms, no energy and really weird kind of stuff going on, um, and as a part of the test for that, um, the um, the doctor sent me to see a rheumatologist. To check to check my immune system. Yep. While he was there, he said to me, "Your heart's got a murmur. I'm going to send you for an echocardiogram." So a couple of weeks later, on our way to a brunch with uh, our son Robert, um, I nipped in to have an echocardiogram. The yes, you do. Yes, you would. On the way there, the woman. It was a Sunday actually. They were they were doing it on a Sunday, uh, trying to get rid of their waiting list. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, the woman who did the echocardiogram looked at it, made a noise like builders make before they tell you the price, like, <sighs> yeah, went and got the consultant, and the consultant took one look at the screen, and he said, upstairs now, Whoa. and they took me straight into hospital, uh, and the problem was that the, uh, the chamber in my heart was full of, they called it vegetation, um, and the bottom line was that in 2016, I had a tooth that split and part of the root of that tooth got left in the gum and they took the rest of the tooth out. And he said to me at the time, which is apparently is quite normal, that that bit of, of root will come to the surface and we could just flick it out and it'll be gone. But it decided to associate with the root next to it, it went rotten created an infection mm -hmm. the infection was in my system and he said to me you've had like a, a background infection for ever since 2016-17 right. which is why you've had the symptoms that you've had and when you got COVID it reduced your immune resistance uh -huh. and the infection went straight into your heart Wow! and you got endocarditis. So they're 100% certain about that tooth? Being yeah, because uh, yeah, the, the, the first procedure I had to have in hospital was a dental procedure to get that piece of root out. Yeah. And then they tested it and it was the same infection was in my heart. Right. Wow. So, um, and uh, they, they started to get a bit anxious because there was that much vegetative growth. I was watching it on the screen because I'm nosy uh, and asked to see this thing. Um, and when the heart managed to beat which was quite difficult for it, <clears throat> and the blood had flown into the chamber, and you could see all this vegetation like seaweed flowing, and they were scared it was going to break off, 
going to my sister and give me a stroke. So they said, we're going to drown you in antibiotics. So I spent two weeks, every four hours, they filled me full of antibiotics with syringes like cucumbers, forcing this stuff in. Um, and I have to say that uh, since 2016, I hadn't realised how ill I'd been until the antibiotics started to take effect. And suddenly I started to feel like, wow. Feel human again. Yeah. Um, and people were saying to me, blimey, you look bad. You look like you used to look. Um, which was amazing. So then they sent me from, from the local hospital to the heart specialist hospital. Which oh, is... yeah. Could you, like, at this point, because we were talking a lot, texting, and uh, you weren't sure whether you were or not going to have to have an operation. For a while it looked like maybe not. But then... Yeah. But then they decided no. So I, I went over to the heart and chest hospital um, and had open heart surgery. I've seen the scar, yeah. Yeah, it's so the they, they, they use a thing like a Black & Decker um, uh, saw to cut your sternum in half, yep. open your chest, take your heart out. The guy that did the operation, a guy called Andrew Muir, a lovely, lovely man, Northern Irish guy, he um, uh, looks like a rugby player, got hands like sausages, and uh, he took my heart out. Um, had to cut the heart open to clean it all out. And then um, it was, they didn't know until they opened it up whether the valve would need replacing. So they replaced the valve. Um, and I asked them to replace it with a pig valve, which was a hard decision for me as a vegetarian mm -hmm. to go for a pig valve. Because the option was to have a pig, a cow, or a mechanical metal one. Right. But I spoke to this man and several others. If you have the metal one, you have to take a warfarin for the rest of your life, which is really complex, um, <clears throat> which is a blood thinner. Yep. Right. But um, the other thing was it clicked. And he said that the clicking of the valve, he'd had, he'd had a pig's heart, a pig's valve for 20 years. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and they'd replaced that, it wore out after 20 years, they replaced it with the metal one, and he was back in after uh, like six, eight months, having it replaced again, because he couldn't cope with it. Oh, wow, okay. It, it would keep him awake at night, it kept his wife awake at night. Clicking? Yeah, the clicking. And um, he said that uh, he tried some noise-cancelling headphones to try and cut the sound out, and it just made it worse because it was like echoing inside his head. Oh, my word. Okay. So um, you went for the pig. So I thought, okay, we've got to go for the pig. So there's a part of me called Percy now. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm ever so grateful to that pig and that pig's family yep. for being able to provide it. And, and I think that that's kind of important because <clears throat> part of this, this podcast for me is, is, is a gratitude thing because people generally have been so amazing. They've been so caring and loving to me and to, to Re getting mm -hmm. her through this. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, she was obviously worried. Um, and, um, and, and of course the pig. If it hadn't been for, for Percy, then um, I wouldn't be here. Yep. You know, uh, either or I'd be clicking. <laughs> um, but uh, Percy gave his life so that I could live 
No, I mean, and other people, because there were bits of Percy. I'm sure all, every aspect of Percy was well used. And, yeah. I don't know, baking butties as well and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, too. yeah. Good old Percy, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the other things was, like I said, I hadn't been vegetarian for years and years, but um, I was so anemic that, um, you know, okay, yes, you can eat the greens and everything else, <laughs> but I started eating meat again to get some iron back into me. Okay. To try and build it up, you know. Mm -hmm. um, since the operation, that is, or... Uh... Yeah, since the op. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but one of the things... Uh, I mean, people moan about the NHS. My God, what a set of dedicated, lovely people mm -hmm. I've had looking after me. Yeah. And some of those nurses are just amazing. There were times when I was a bit distressed by what was going on. And the, the nurses wouldn't leave my side. Mm -hmm. They were there. And, and there was, uh, I had this thing a couple of days after the operation, 2.30 in the morning, I'm wired up to all these, this, these monitors. And suddenly all the alarms start going off because my heart stopped. That's not good. 2.30 in the morning. And the nine people. Okay, now, this is really weird, right? I've learned a lot. When your heart stops... It's, there's three ways it stops. The first one is it ain't gonna start again. You're dead. Okay. Right. The second that one. That wasn't is, the one you've got because yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. No, the <laughs> the second one is they jumpstart you. Yep. And get you going again. The third one is what they call a pause, um, and it's not an arrest. They call it a pause, and it's when your heart is trying to sort itself out, especially after you've had heart surgery, mm -hmm. and it's trying to work out where it is. And, and maybe it that it's got beating. something else attached to it. Yeah, now. yeah, it can't work out. What, what is, is this thing? Because I could feel it fluttering. I could feel this new valve fluttering. Wow. Um, so that they had to come along and effectively they had to kind of shake me. They couldn't do open... Uh, they couldn't do... Are you conscious now? Are you asleep or just out of it? No, or? no, I, I'm aware of everything that's going on. Wow. This is so weird. And it's like I was inside myself but separate to myself. Mm -hmm. It was as though my soul had separated from my body, but I wasn't dead. Wow. And, and it's such a weird thing to explain with words. But effectively, they shook me to get my heart going again because they couldn't put any pressure on the sternum. So it was a pause. So I paused, yeah. Yeah, just Which is what they life. said. And then someone <clears throat> suddenly shouted out, it's 40, it's 40. So the heart rate had kicked in. Wow. And had come back up again. But it was like I felt myself pulled back into my body. <laughs> and, and that sense of having a soul and having a body, like a meat self and a spirit self, was so profound. Yeah. And yet when my heart stopped, it was like over a minute it stopped for. I wasn't, I wasn't kind of, there were no white lights and people talking to me and all that kind of stuff. I was just completely aware of everything that was going on. Wow. Mm -hmm. It was just such an <clears throat> odd, odd experience. And after that, I was a bit, because they all kind of calmed down, got me going. They were happy and went off to have a cup of tea. <laughs> and there, there, was, there was one nurse who saw that I was quite distressed because um, I was like, my God, I could have died just then. That was the moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, and she came and held my hand and sat with me for over an hour, it was, okay. until I went to sleep. 
and she said, I'm not leaving you, you know, I'm here for you, yeah. you know, you're going to be all right. And there were so many people that I met like that who were just so lovely, mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't thank them enough. I should be going back, taking fans into the wards and Krispy Kreme donuts and all kinds of stuff. Well, the fans, we'll talk yeah. about that in a bit, maybe, because, yeah, you, you, you were in hospital during that mad heat wave as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was it. It was really, really strange because... Um, all the, all the, I was on several units and several wards with people that were either uh, highly infected, like I was, um, or taking really crazy medication, mm -hmm. which kind of fried your brain. Uh, and people were losing it. People were going into psychosis uh, in the middle of the night. So there's this guy who's trying to convince us all on this ward that we're in a boat <laughs> and that we've been kidnapped and that we're prisoners, and that these nurses uh, are the warders, oh. and that we'll, if we just all jump out the window, we'll oh. be able to swim to safety. We're on the fourth floor. Um, we'll be able to swim to safety. And he's trying to get everyone to jump out. And it was like, it was that kind of madness. And in the end, security guys had to come and kind of flatten him, and they had to inject him. And Oof. you know, um, But there were several times when there were people who uh, were losing it. Mm. Yeah, not anything to do with their. They weren't um, psychiatrically ill. Yeah, they were just infected. Their brains were going. Yeah, yeah, wow. It was just a know. part of them. They weren't. No yeah. one even knew existed. Like, yeah, uh, came to the but, but Every day there were times when I had to orientate myself in the morning to where I was because uh, I woke up one day and I was convinced that I was on the perfumery counter in a perfumery in like a somewhere like John Lewis. Um, and the, the, um, that was the, the, the night that I uh, had the heart stop. Um, and, you know, mad things like that. Or I, I was convincing uh, Ree that in the night there was a family of Greek people mm. having one of those dances where they were smashing plates. Wow. You know I mean? I'd lost it that much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never been that far. I've had, you know, when I've been ill with, like, flu or something, when you've been in bed for a day or two or three, you, you know, your mind even then starts to play funny little tricks, but never on that. I've never experienced anything on that level. And, and, and the thing that made me laugh afterwards was there was a, an event where um, there was a digital clock on the wall that would have uh, the day, the date, the month, and the time underneath. Now, this day it said Friday, FRI, 15, and then July, J-U-L. Mm-hmm. Right, the J looked like an F, and the 15 looked like is. And I said to Re, Why is Friday full? And she said, What are you talking about? I said, It says Friday is full. And she said, No, it says Friday the 15th of July. <laughs> and I was convinced, you know what I mean? It was like I'd lost it. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's a bit accurate. But I was thinking the whole time, this is going to be great stuff for the podcast. We've got, we got months, years worth of material here. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy. Oh, my word. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. So once you'd had the operation then, because that was only, was it two weeks ago, something like that, or three? Um, it was a bit dicey for a, a few days afterwards, wasn't it? And then, uh, yeah, it was. Then, you know, getting text updates from Rhi, and it's like, he's coming home. It was touch and go. So, uh, no, uh, tomorrow will be five weeks. Since the off, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Wow, that's flown by. Five weeks. Well, for me and you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're full of gratitude for the uh, the work done by all the the staff. Yeah. At the hospitals and people sending messages and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and people, um, coming out of the woodwork, you know, uh, the amount of people that said to me, Sean, this this <clears throat> is your time. Stop doing things for other people. Gosh, yeah. Well, what, what happened to, to the people that rely on you, kind of, in terms of... it. Well, they, that, was the, that was one of my biggest concerns. That's an interesting experiment in itself, really, isn't it? That yeah. They, uh, I mean, without putting giving any uh, names away, do, have people coped all right without you? Or is the, are um, they magically like... There, there were several people that did have problems. Mm. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, I suddenly realised I was in intensive care. And I came round and I suddenly realised that um, uh, some things that I'd sent to uh, uh, someone for their daughter um, hadn't gone, hadn't, you know, they got stuck somewhere in, in my outbox. So I resent them and I got a message back saying, well, I think you're bloody amazing. You never stop helping people. Will you please take it easy and look after yourself? <laughs> You know, you're an, and she's a nurse, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I was getting messages from people as well. You know, they, they didn't want to bother you and pester you, so they were just asking for updates through me. Right. Uh, but yeah, then I didn't want to pester read too much, so. Uh, but yeah, mad times, eh? Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it, it's interesting for me. <laughs> I mean, they said that because I was so fit, because I mean, I was doing all that running. And everything, and they said that was what really got me through it. Um, yeah. But the um, that whole idea that uh, it didn't matter how fit you were, you could be the fit. You know, everyone says you know you've got to keep fit, you've got to keep mobile. It's like you get an infection in your system and it goes in your heart. You've got endocarditis. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how fit you are. And there were there were people in there who. And there was a guy who got it from, he was a drug addict, and he got it from a needle, infection from a needle. Right. There was a man in there who had slipped over and broke his knee, and it was the infection from his knee wow. that went in. Yeah. But apparently the most common one is dental. So that's why they kind of asked, did they ask you, have you had any dental work in, like, in the last X? No, what they did was they put me through every scan you could think of. Uh, and they, as an automatic thing with endocarditis, they give you uh, a dental x-ray. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. And you could see this root was stuck to the tooth next ah, to it. Okay, so and that's so, what... Yeah, so the guy, the first procedure I had was a dental procedure. And it was like the guy was trying to dig down to Australia to get this thing out. <laughs> and he actually had to chisel it off the tooth next to it. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously I was anaesthetised, but by the time he'd finished, I was bruised. Okay. All around the mouth. That was the other thing, was that I've had so many things stuck in me um, that I had bruises everywhere up my arms. And mm -hmm. by the time you have angiograms, and there's something called a toe procedure. Toe? Yeah, T-O-E. Uh-huh. Can't remember what it stands for now. But oh, right. they, they put a line in my arm, which turned my arm yellow with the bruises. And they put a line in my groin, going to the heart, mm -hmm. it was. Um, but they're in the arteries, not the veins. Mm -hmm. um, so when, when they took the line out of my arm, 
and they put like a pressure bandage on, which is a plastic thing that they pump up. Yep. And it seals. Never seen those before. Um, but they couldn't do that on the groin. So he said, I need to put some pressure on your groin to seal this this artery. So effectively, he stood on my groin for like 10 minutes. <laughs> some people pay a lot of money for that kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of experience. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like all those kind of things. I've had so many experiences that other people have to- told me about that I've been empathic to. Mm-hmm. You know, that I actually... Now you've experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is very different. Yeah. When you're in it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's early days, but yeah, how, has this impacted your, any of the kind of fundamental outlook on life for you, or is it going to, I mean, it may, it may got a new lease of life or a new kind of perspective? Well, it, 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 it makes me realise that, that time's limited and I need to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. I think that's one. It's made me redo my wills and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's why I've been texting you so much and making sure you're all right. <laughs> making sure you're in there. Um, but it, but it, it, it's like you don't realise how close you are to death, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, if it hadn't been for that rheumatologist who heard the uh, the murmur in my heart, who sent me for the end end of... Uh, endogram thing endocardiogram yeah um then um i would uh, i'll be dead you know it's mad um, and if well if, deal, if regular listeners go back into your episodes to 466 i've just looked they'll know that recently you and i had a quite an epic trip to amsterdam where we were pounding yeah. the streets and we were out on bikes every day yeah <laughs> and, and now looking back now you were very tired that trip you know and i i, I think we both put it down to general fatigue and your work stuff and, and the uh but, covid long COVID. and long covid yeah but flipping neck looking back now i mean there was the, the final night we were there we'd had quite a busy day walking around and i think we've been on that little bike tour outside the city with john good old john and uh but we went back to the hotel about six maybe yeah and you just you flopped out man and i was like oh man it's my last night in amsterdam i want to go and see some more stuff so i went out and walked for another yeah yeah two or three hours came back you were still asleep and he I slept was gone. he slept yeah. right through and uh yeah. Little did we know. Well, the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the surgeon said to me, you've had sepsis for the last few months. <laughs> and he said, um, um, you know, he said, you've got the constitution of an ox. I'm amazed you're still alive. Because you happen to put those gloves on, weren't you, every twice a day? Because the circulation, the hands going are going white. white. Yeah. I remember sitting in a bar in that little square where you were putting your gloves on and we were, we were having a pint of lager, I think, or half a lager at least. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But again, little did we know, flipping heck. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, good trip though. Yeah, yeah, it's good. We'll have to go back again <laughs> without the sepsis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my word. Um, so it, it, it's been a, a real journey, which I didn't want to, you know, when I was in hospital, I didn't want to say all this because uh, um, it freaks a lot of people out. Yeah. Um, and um, I didn't want to do that. Um, but like, like I say, there's been some amazing, amazing people. I mean, you know, and people moan about the NHS. Jesus Christ. The, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, what, what they've just done for me, if you did that privately, it would have cost thousands and thousands of pounds. Yeah. You know, I've been, I've been in lots of different hospitals, different units. They've sent me from one place 
to another. They, they sent me from intensive care up onto the ward and, and I crashed. So back down to intensive care again, you know. Yeah. Um, it's all done. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't need to take a credit card at any point. I'm no, always no. struck by like when you see American healthcare and you get the receipt at the end, don't they? And it kind of well, your insurance if you have insurance, yeah, pays for it. But it can run into even for simple like operations or you know you break an arm or something, it can run into ten, twenty thousand dollars more. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but free at the point of service, man. It's a, one of the like foundation stones of our civil- yeah. civilization here in the UK, isn't it? Yeah. And it ain't perfect, I'm sure, but yeah, there's a well, from what you're saying, there's a real foundation of like honesty and good kind of good work in there that people just want to help help people, don't they? Yeah. And and one of the things that was really interesting was that there were a couple of um units I was on, like I say, when people were losing it. Um the <laughs> I'm on this four bedder. Um, I've come out of ITU and they put me on this floor better. There's Abdul in the bed next to me, who's actually an endocrinologist, uh, and his had the veins taken out of his arms mm-hmm. to redo his heart, uh, and they had to take his blood pressure off his leg because they can't do his arms. Yep. You know he was he was that bad. Uh, <laughs> well, he came from South Southern India, and one of his relatives came in. And shouted, Abdul! But he had such a thick accent that it sounded like arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and poor old, Abdul, poor old Abdul was known as arsehole after that. <laughs> and opposite, there was Derek and Tony. Well, Derek, every night, would have dreams and he'd be going, Mummy! Mummy! Wow, okay. Right? And, That's a new client for you then, isn't it? And the guy next to him, Tony, was going, Shut the fuck up! So you got mummy, shut the phone, and it's like, can Outside. you both shut up? I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> but what a good camar- camaraderie in there, or was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ah. And and um, interestingly, uh, obviously uh, mixed units, not in the same beds, but um, <clears throat> there were so many more male beds than uh, female beds, and it made me realise how many men. Are suffering from these kind of heart infections. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to women, that's something I need to investigate. Certainly. A bit and have a look at. Well, we're gonna have you know. a lot to talk about, and I'm sure we'll talk about this for years and years ahead. <laughs> it's, it's, assuming you want to keep the podcast going with this new lease of life, man. You yeah. Might have, yeah. You might be off traveling the world now. Who knows? But <laughs> jack it all in. But uh, yeah, fascinating stuff, eh? Yeah. But good. Yeah. Good to see you back out in the. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's it's good to. There was a time when I'm thinking I'm not going to make this. Yeah, I did actually say that you know this is my I'm off now. I had a couple um, of calls with Reet Westbrook to Reet, and yeah, I was a bit like bloody hell, man. Yeah, what's going on with Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she certainly thought I was going to make it either at one point. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I mean, it didn't quite get to the point where I was like, oh, what's he going to do with his e-bike? I was thinking, yeah, can I have his or his, or his VW? <laughs> It was close. <laughs> yeah. Flipping heck. All right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, yeah, we'll call it a day here because this is more just of a bit of a. People have been asking where the show is, and uh, it's it's back, and Sean's here, so. Yeah. Let's uh, get back on it. Back on it, man. Let's We've got to. lots to discuss, but. Uh, yeah. It's crazy times on planet Earth, but Sean and Ed are here to. We're, yeah. We're still going, aren't we? 
Yeah, and what, what I'm planning on my schedule is to start doing things again with people uh, at the beginning of September. Okay. So it just gives me a few weeks to kind of catch up with myself. And well, I mean, yeah, I mean, now, you, now you've got this new lease and the new heart and it's fixed. Are you going to be stronger than you were, well, as strong as you were back five, six years ago? or is but, it... but if you think that I've been suffering from an unknown infection yeah. since 2016, yeah. to 16, 17... So we could we, see yeah. Super Sean. You could be back yeah. better than ever, couldn't you? Well, you should be. Yeah, the, the, the joke, uh, I lost so much weight. Uh, I came back from hospital and I put a pair of shorts on, did them up, and they just fell down. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I've, I've lost that much weight. And your wardrobe needed. Well, I, I, because when I did a lot of running... I, I went down a couple of sizes. Yeah. I've actually got a whole set of clothes. Okay. <laughs> that, that are smaller, which which have just come in handy. You know, so so I've got a set of clothes I can use. Good. Um, which I never thought I'd use again. I don't know why I hung on to them. Yeah. Maybe I knew somewhere. Something. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, no, my father-in-law had a he had a double or triple bypass years ago and he's a fit and healthy guy but it was getting more and more tired and he was trying to figure it out a lot, yeah. of, lot of heart issues on his side of the family so he needed a bypass and then he had it and then he's back and you know he's climbing mountains again now and yeah cycling with his mates on a tuesday night and all that stuff so yeah and and that's the thing i they've got me booked in for cardio rehab right um which uh, will be a few weeks yet um before i go cool um and uh, because of the uh, nature of the infection, I had to have intravenous antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So when I came out of hospital, I had to go to the community clinic um, every few days to have have them pumped in. Yeah. You know, uh, and whereas in the first place, when, when, I, when I was in the first hospital and they started giving me the antibiotics, I could feel it curing my body. It was like, a, like oh, wow. Uh, and the relief was amazing. And, and I, even a few days into taking the antibiotics, people said to me, oh, you're like your old self again. <laughs> and, and I didn't realise how ill I'd been. You know, like when we were in Amsterdam, I didn't realise how ill I was then. No. But um, there you go. Well, you're back. It's good to have you back, Sean. Yeah, no, it's lovely. It's yeah, good. enjoying it. Nice, yeah. I'll see you again next week. Eh? We'll, yeah, uh, yeah. we'll think about something, because there's so many questions I've got for you in terms of, yeah, um, and just in general now, I know a bit more about through you, illness yeah. and yeah. yeah, lots of questions. So yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but it's good to have you back and we'll catch you again next week. Eh? That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you everybody. It's been so supportive and all the messages and everything. It's been lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Good times. All right. See you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.